Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And I can't believe we just said those words again because we are back. We are so excited to bring back your haunted holiday and continue to do episodes. We know there were so many people that really enjoyed this show and we appreciate everybody for reaching out and asking us to bring it back. And guess what? It worked. We're back. We enjoyed doing it enough too that we realized, you know what? We have the time. It's the opportunity. Let's start this back up. Absolutely. And Halloween is coming up. So Lisa and I thought, you know what? Let's do a October 1st relaunch. And we'll be having episodes that we're going to pick extra scary locations for the month of October. And then we'll kind of go back to the usual year haunted holiday, which I mean, there's some pretty creepy ones no matter what, right? Perfect time to pick the podcast up right in the spooky season. And I have an extra scary episode to start us off. This is one of those epic locations that's on my bucket list that we somehow never did an episode on with the original podcast. I honestly don't know how, but this place is pretty terrifying. I agree. I don't know how we got through over 100 episodes without covering this place. This is an epic bucket list for me. Definitely. This is Your Haunted Holiday at Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky. All right, Lindsay. So we are finally covering Waverly Hills Sanatorium. This is a place that I have heard about for years. Our great friends from Hillbilly Horror Stories, they've been there a number of times because they live right in that area. And we know that they've seen some stuff themselves there. So I definitely believe it's haunted. I do too. This is why it's it like literally there's a floor there where you apparently can see shadow people like it's almost a guarantee. Yeah, this is one of the top spots probably in the whole country. And they have some fun Halloween stuff that we're going to get into towards the end of the show. So why don't we start out and let's get into the history of Waverly Hills. So some people might say, well, we're in Louisville. Why on earth is this named Waverly Hills? I found that the original landowner here, his name was Major Thomas H. Hayes, and he decided there was no schools in that that area and so he decided he was going to open up a one-room schoolhouse and the teacher that was working there absolutely loved Sir Walter Scott's Waverly novels and so she asked can we name this the Waverly School and he actually loved the name enough that he decided to actually name the entire property the Waverly Hills because it is a very hilly kind of rustic part of Louisville. Interesting. So it started as a one-room schoolhouse. I had no idea. That's, it completely has changed. Yes. And in fact, that one-room schoolhouse is not there anymore. And they actually built an entirely new hospital. But the schoolhouse is what originally stood there on that land where Waverly Hills is today. And they opened a much smaller hospital than what you would see today back in 1910 when they started experiencing the tuberculosis epidemic. And this epidemic got so bad 
that they decided we need a much larger hospital. We are overfilling capacity. We have people getting sick left and right, and we need something much larger. The new hospital that they built is five stories tall and about 108,000 square feet. So an absolutely huge location. And part of the reason they actually picked this spot is because it is on the top of the hill. And what people noticed when they were dealing with tuberculosis patients is they noticed, you know, some of the patients that are in the fresh air, getting sunshine, getting good healthy meals, we seem to see they're doing a little bit better than some of the other patients. Keep in mind, there was no cure for tuberculosis at the time. Literally, the only thing that they could do for these patients was make them comfortable. There was really not a ton else, but I am gonna get into some of the things that they tried to do to help these patients. And if you don't know what tuberculosis is, it's essentially a bacterial infection that impacts people's lungs. They begin coughing up blood, creating tumors. And this was called the plague of plagues, Lindsay, and it took 2 billion lives. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Any idea what the likelihood of death is if you caught this back then? The reality is it's pretty high, right? Oh, okay. so yeah. I don't know exactly what the percentage of the mortality rate was, but thinking about the fact that there was no vaccine at the time, there was no cure, literally what they said they wanted to do to treat people at Waverly Hills was provide them fresh air. So if you've seen pictures of this building, you'll notice on the front, there's what appears to be you know, a bunch of large windows, but they're really not windows. They're open air where people would be set out in their, their beds to get that fresh air, get a breeze in, they'd get meals. That's really all they had. And some people would survive. But the reality is part of the reason it was selected on top of this hill was also because it was away from everybody else. This was considered a quarantine zone. Once you went to Waverly Hills, you probably were not going to leave. Oof, that's very scary to, to consider. I can't imagine that. It is. And it was such a quarantine zone that it essentially became a self-contained community. We've heard this about a lot of these, these old hospitals and asylums where they grew their own plants and food. They had livestock. They had a post office. So there was a lot of things that were contained here. And that was on purpose because tuberculosis is extremely contagious. I honestly can't even imagine being a nurse or a doctor working in a place like that where you know, like, there's a possibility that you're going to catch this. You are around coughing patients that are spreading this disease like wildfire. All right. So we talked about what they thought they could do, right? Now, there were some experimental things that they also tried specifically for the severe cases, for people that they thought, well, gosh, there's no coming back from this. Let's try some other things. And some of these things were extremely brutal. We've talked about in some of our other episodes, electroshock therapy. You would think, well, gosh, this is a disease that is impacting people's lungs. Why on earth are we doing this? Apparently tuberculosis sometimes would also spread to people's brains. And so mm. they thought, let's try 
to electrocute their brain, essentially, and see if this can somehow shock the disease. But people that had tuberculosis go to their brain sometimes would become insane as a result. Um, And they were actually, a lot of times, the claim is that the people that went insane were sent to the fifth floor. More to come on the fifth floor. I was just going to say, sounds like a place we need to go. Investigate. Absolutely. The other thing that they did um, was when people had a ton of tumors and it was really impacting their lungs, they would actually take them in for surgery and they would open up their chest and sometimes intentionally try to collapse their lungs in order to, I don't even know what the theory could have been, but grant their lungs some opportunity of relief and rest. Can you even imagine? And as part of this, sometimes they would go in and remove some of their ribs to basically allow their lungs more like ability to rest. Sometimes they would remove as many as eight ribs from these patients, Lindsay. Oh my gosh. I, I, like, I think I cringe thinking about this and I can't imagine like what our listeners who are medical professionals are thinking. Yeah. I, and imagine attempting to recover from this. Not only are you, you know, have suffering from an absolutely horrible disease, right? But now you've had your chest cut open, you've had ribs removed, and you're trying to recover from that. No Thanks. So I mentioned that once you're here in this quarantine facility, you're probably going to be staying there. But if you're leaving, the likelihood is that you're going to be leaving at is what has been named the body shoot. This is one of the most famous things about Waverly Hills. I've seen it documented in a ton of different ghost hunting shows. I I think Ghost Hunters was there, Ghost Adventures was there, the BuzzFeed Unsolved guys, Ryan Mm -hmm. and Shane spent time in this body shoot. But as scary as that sounds, it was actually made for patient morale. One of the doctors there said, you know, our patients, they don't wanna be seeing dead bodies in coffins being carted out of here, you know, every day, all day. Let's find a way to kind of hide that from, you know, their view. We don't want them to be able to see it. So it was with good intentions and it worked. It was essentially a track system that carried the bodies down to, I believe it was like an awaiting train um, that took their bodies to the morgue or, or wherever the next location for them was. Some of the other things that I want to call out historically here, and these are things that we don't know that happened, but are very famous stories surrounding Waverly Hills. Up on the fifth floor, again, we talked about how some of the insane patients were sent there, but there was also a nurse's station there, and that is in room 502. That room is still labeled today, and we'll talk more about this, obviously, in the next segment. But in this nurse's station, there was a couple major tragedies that occurred with nurses. The first one was a nurse working in that nurse's station jumped from the fifth floor. Some say she may have been pushed. We really don't know. But one of the tragedies that appears to have potentially occurred here. 
Another tragedy was just outside this room 502 in front of the elevator. They say that a nurse was found hung there. There's a lot of different theories about what may have happened if she hung herself, if it was a staged situation. One of the major rumors is that, you know, this is in, I think, like the 1930s. She wasn't married. Um, They say that she found out she was pregnant potentially and decided to take her own life. Another story around this is that it was actually one of the doctor's children and he decided to give her, uh, you know, an abortion essentially that failed and it resulted in her dying. And instead of him exposing himself for, for completing this medical procedure, he decided to kind of fake that she had hung herself. Interesting. It's always interesting to hear about, you know, some of these old places and these old stories that we just can't tell for certain, right? Like, did the nurse jump? Was this something that, you know, did she hang herself? You know, the Southerners, it's always, well, we'll unfortunately never know. But the stories are really interesting because it does seem like a lot of times their spirits are hanging around and likely because of a tragic ending. And I would imagine this would be a, a sad place to be in general, right? People are around death. They're around people suffering. Not only are these adults that are suffering, but tuberculosis impacted children too. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so just a big call out. A lot of the children stayed on the fifth floor as well, I guess. A lot of stuff going back to this fifth floor, but there was kind of a play area on one of the outdoor kind of verandas where a lot of the kids would go play but you know they said that some of the nurses said it was the saddest thing because they would come into work and they would see a group of kids holding hands circled around one of their friends beds that didn't make it I cannot even imagine it's got to be yeah what a what a tragic work environment to be to be in to see that much death that much just sadness and um yeah, amazing things that the people who worked there did, it sounds like to me. Definitely. Now, the vaccine for tuberculosis did finally arrive, and this ended the plague, essentially. And in 1961, they were finally able to close Waverly Hills as a tuberculosis hospital. All in all, we're not entirely sure how many people died here when it was a hospital. There are huge ranges of estimates. Some people say they think it was maybe around 10,000. Some people say it was over 60,000 people that died here. There are really no clear records. I do know there were some people that were kind of reaching out to the local community to say, hey, if you have a record of a relative who passed away here that we can validate, can you send that information in? And I saw somewhere somebody, and I who knows where they're at the count today because this was an older i think ghost adventures episode and they said we're at like eleven thousand confirmed and you know that there is way more than that no doubt that is so much death in one location i don't know if we've covered maybe one or two other places that have seen that type of volume as far as actual deaths on the property After it was a tuberculosis hospital, it actually reopened in 1963 as a geriatric hospital for older individuals that were dealing with, 
you know, whatever kind of ailment um, tends to impact older people. Now, it was closed in 1982 because they said that there was indications of abuse and neglect, which is also very sad because this is a a hospital for older people. Some of these people likely had dementia. They weren't able to care for themselves um, and probably had no way to get help. Ah, that's horrible. All right. One of the other tragedies that they say occurred after it closed when it was a vacant facility was they say a homeless man with his dog apparently either fell or again possibly pushed down an elevator shaft and we're going to come back to that one here in a minute there was a lot of talk of tearing down the site and just getting rid of it altogether. however it was saved in the 1990s and purchased by a couple to revamp it and now it is what it is today which is essentially a historic site but it's also for crazy people like us that like to go to our haunted places. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tingling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. All right, so let's talk about what the hauntings are. And let's just be clear. It seems like every square foot of this place is haunted. We are not going to be able to cover every single haunted occurrence in here. I mean, there are stories about things happening in the morgue. They even have like the actual beds, morgue beds that they would slide people into that I've seen in numerous shows, people actually getting on and being slid into, which is um, quite the frightening occurrence. But there are so many things uh, to see here. Would you, Lisa, get into that morgue bed and get slid into the wall? Mm, Probably. As long as I was there with somebody I trusted that could get me out. I don't know if I would do it. I would need the bed to be sanitized fully because who knows this is what's true. happened there, right? <laughs> um, that's number one. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if I would do it. But Okay, continue. So many different things that you want to look for all over the place here, essentially. You want to listen for children's laughter that is heard a lot throughout because, again, children were impacted by tuberculosis as well. 
There is slamming doors. And again, this is such a vast facility. Remember, I think I said 108,000 square feet. It seems like in a lot of the videos, it's like you hear a slamming door somewhere and then you're off kind of searching for it. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure if a door is actually slamming or if it's just kind of a phantom noise that's coming up. There are voices. There is the feeling sometimes of somebody coming up and actually holding your hand as you're walking. Ooh, that would be pretty interesting to, to have occur. Yes, I've never had anything quite like that happen to me. There's a lot of visions of faces. When you look up at the building, people capture faces. They may just see them, but a lot of times they're in the photo photos that they take, either through the windows or just throughout the property. And then the other thing, you mentioned this at the top of the show, shadow people. This place is known for shadow people. There is one in particular I'm gonna talk about a little bit later. But in general, almost anywhere you go in this place, you need to keep an eye out for shadow people. In fact, you know, while I was researching this episode, one of the things that I watched was an older Ghost Adventures episode when they went here. And they actually caught what looked like two shadow people on their full spectrum camera walking. And I gotta say, it was actually pretty impressive evidence for a ghost hunting show. A lot of times you might get an interesting EVP, but it's pretty rare that you actually get something on footage moving that really fits the description of what you're looking for in this place. No doubt. It's good when they can actually capture evidence like that. I feel like on Ghost Adventures is one of these shows where I feel like there's a demon, you know, coming over me and it's like, uh, uh, prove it. You know, it's kind of how I feel, not to discount it, because who knows, but it happens a lot on that show. Um, so the fact that they actually captured a video image of shadow figures, which in, in Waverly Hills, I am, I would be shocked if they had to fake that. I feel like it's probably real video footage. Yeah, if you're going to get that footage, this is the place where you're going to get it. And it was actually funny watching the, sh the show because you're right. A lot of times they kind of talk up the demons and everything, which, hey, I mean, I want to talk about demons. But this place was really more like solemn. There's a lot of people that died here. Right. They were more respectful. That's yes. That's good to hear that that's I don't watch a ton of ghost adventures. I watch it periodically mainly when I'm like researching an episode or something like that. And so a lot of times they are kind of like building it up, but that's, that's good to hear that they were respectful of the spirits who died there. Definitely. Now, some of the things that you want to look for here in specific areas in the body shoot, again, one of the, the most seen investigated areas, there is a lot of footsteps and voices here. And this is a really long hallway essentially that's going down the hill so you can imagine you know depending on which end you're on you're going to be hearing footsteps and voices a lot of times coming from the opposite end of that i would be terrified going down that body shoot i've seen many episodes of different ghost hunting shows and of course the buzzfeed unsolved there and i would be so terrified going Same. down that hall it is a terrifying spot in my, I mean, it just looks really, really frightening. 
absolutely it's ominous i i've gotten more used to and much braver now that we've been to a lot of these haunted places that we've been doing this podcast but that is a spot i would really be terrified same now i talked about that homeless man that potentially fell down the elevator shaft apparently he is seen he's tall and thin but he's seen with his dog which is kind of interesting and his dog apparently is white and looks kind of like a white german shepherd they say so i also find it interesting that like he fell down the elevator chute with his dog or maybe his dog jumped in after him oh gosh i like that the dog is with him i wonder if this is a a spirit that's self-aware you know we obviously hear about the residual stuff maybe they're unaware that they're even there it's like a tape recording I wonder if he's aware and I wonder if the dog is aware. That's that's really interesting. I wonder if they get responses to anything that they're actually doing when they yeah. see him. Yeah, I wonder. Another person that you want to look for is a man that they named Ralph that they believe was a maintenance worker when it was a hospital. And you'll actually hear his keys kind of jingling as he walks throughout the halls. Very cool. I would love to catch that. There are also reports of a woman that has bleeding wrists yelling for help. And there's another report, and I wonder if this is the same ghost that they're referencing or two separate because they are pretty similar sounding. It sounds like there's also what is described as one of the geriatric patients, so I'm assuming an older individual, that has chains on their wrists and is yelling for help. And when you approach them, they turn and run the other direction. Ooh, can you even imagine seeing something like that? I mean, and, and seeing a full apparition is so rare, right? But I just... I have chills thinking about seeing this woman and her running off. Well, and I can't imagine being in Waverly Hills, hearing somebody yell help and going towards them. (laughs) This is the truth. This is true. (laughs) We would know. Oh, gosh. Is there a person in here? Because that's like we say, a a real human is much scarier than a ghost. Another person we're unaware of in the building. That's what really gets me scared. Yes. And again, there are shadow people. There are images of doctors in doctor's coats walking around. There are nurses. Let's talk about some of the different floors that you want to check out. The first one I'm going to talk about is the third floor. There is apparently a little boy here that that is named Timmy. And he is the one that likes to play with toys and roll balls across the floor. Sometimes they even say you may see a ball just hovering in the air as if Timmy is there. You just don't see him and he's holding the ball up. Wow. If I remember right, I want to say BuzzFeed Unsolved had some interesting things happen with the toys. Maybe it was on that floor, but... They didn't get a whole lot of response in this. I did watch the episode that they did when I was uh, putting my notes together. They did throw a ball down the hallway, and then when they went down to get it, it kind of sounded like maybe it had stopped rolling and then got picked up back up and kind of bounced again, potentially. And they found it underneath. There's a lot of graffiti all over the walls, and they found it right next to graffiti that said 
Ryan. Yes. <laughs> so right. he was convinced it was a ghost. Yes. I'm not so convinced, but it was entertaining nonetheless. I will just point out as well for our listeners, we rec- we, we love that BuzzFeed Unsolved show uh, about our ghosts real with Shane and Ryan. They don't do any new episodes there, but they created a new YouTube channel. I think it's called The Watcher. They have some new haunted locations they've gone to. That's pretty good, too. So I've, you know, no new episodes, unfortunately, of the BuzzFeed folks. Yes. And then I'm going to skip the fourth floor for now. I'm going to come back to that one. But the fifth floor is actually said to be the most active. Remember, this is where a lot of the little kids would go up and play. This is where they claim a lot of the people that had tuberculosis of the brain were sent um, because they had gone insane and they wanted to keep them away from some of the other patients. But this is also room 502 where these two nurses potentially died by suicide. And we want to look for nurses up here. We will see um, nurses walking the halls up here. You will see potentially, and very sadly, potentially a nurse hanging where they say that they found her. And a lot of times, too, when I see people investigating this place, they'll be calling out to help to say, hey, we have a patient here. We need help to try to invoke some sort of response. That's a, I feel like that's a really good strategy. I think so too. I think you, the reality is the nurses were there potentially getting sick themselves, witnessing death every day, very difficult job, and they were there to help people. So if you can invoke um, that kind of thing from their spirits, you, you may get something. So the other thing you want to look for up here is children giggling. There's lots of kids up here. Timmy is on the third floor, but he can also, I think, be found on the fifth floor as well, as well as just a bunch of different creepy kids running around hot in the place. I know. I mean, it's so sad. Kids, kid ghosts in general are so sad, but it is creepy. There's no getting... I mean, ghosts in general are kind of creepy, right? So kids laughter, giggling, ugh. That's what scary movies are made of for a reason. Yes, it is terrifying. Now let's go back down to the fourth floor. So lots of shadow people on this fourth floor, but there is one in particular that they call the creeper. And this is the scariest thing in the place, I think, at least from what I witnessed. So this is described as a shadow person that will drop to the floor suddenly and start crawling to you and it doesn't only crawl on the floor it crawls on the ceilings it crawls on the walls and it moves around all contorted Ugh! terrifying oh my gosh just the word contorted that's where i <laughs> went over the wall there <laughs> too much that's that is so scary it is scary. We have no idea what this thing is. Is this something that came through? You know, that's an evil presence feeding off of the energy. Is this a patient that maybe was, you know, impacted and essentially walking around in that fashion as a result of tuberculosis? I mean, it doesn't sound oh. quite right. I'm not sure what this could be. Very strange. I mean, I wonder outside of just... It almost seems to me like if he's doing that in front of people to see, they're trying to get a reaction. They're trying to scare people, right? Would be my guess. 
Um, but you know, hard to well, say. It and could it, be just a, a ghost trying to scare people. It could be maybe it's an evil entity. I don't know. It's hard to say. I will say this. One of the things that I read that was interesting about it was people apparently had an overwhelming sense of dread when they witnessed the creeper. Yeah, that is, I would as well. <laughs> if I saw this thing crawling around. Oh my gosh. Terrifying. So, Lindsay, we definitely need to make our way to Waverly Hills at some point. I, I'm not sure when we're going to do it, but we will one of these days for sure. And they offer a bunch of things. Like I said, this is a historic site now, so they do do historic tours. But let's be real, most people are there because they want to see ghosts. That's what this place is really famous for. They have. So let's get into some of these prices. And I mean, obviously, this isn't a hotel, so we can't talk about how nice the rooms are. I mean, this is like a place with a bunch of graffiti. It's, you know, it seems like the structure is very safe. Like, I think they've done work to make sure that it is reinforced, but it's not up to date. It's what you would expect, like, an abandoned hospital to look like. Right. It's start, the walls are kind of starting to fall apart a little bit some of the plaster falling off like that kind of thing it's aesthetically it's really old hasn't been kept up yep so let's start with the historic tours and what i would recommend you do is go to waverlyhillsanatorium.com that is their website and when you go to you know book a tour or get tickets they have the listing of all the dates and times where these tours are offered. This does not appear to be a place that you should just show up to and it's going to be open like some of these museums and things are. This is a place where you really need to sign up for a tour so you know what date and time to show up because they're not there giving tours, you know, every single day. Look on the website. If you're interested in a daytime historic tour, those are two hours long and it costs $32. There are some other tours that are also available. I'm not going to go over every single one, but that's kind of your basic historic tour. Now let's talk about the paranormal tours. So there is a paranormal tour that is two hours long, and this is a guided tour. It is at night and it is $30. I think that is an excellent deal for a paranormal tour. I mean, I, you're not going to have like a huge swath of time to sit around and ask questions and investigate, but you're going to be there at night. You're going to have an opportunity to see shadow people to experience something. I think $30 is an awesome deal for this. I agree. I think that's a great deal for two hours. That's pretty good. And you have a tour guide that's kind of probably bringing you to the hot hot spots that the locations where they think maybe you'll get some activity yes exactly and they're gonna walk you through that so it would almost be better i think to you know before you go on one of these longer you know private investigations maybe take the paranormal tour and then come back to do an investigation once you've had all the hot spots pointed out and you've had a lot of questions answered there is also the option for what is called a public investigation. So I would imagine this, Lindsay, is similar to what we did at the Sorrel Weed House, where you purchase a ticket. It is a six hour long investigation. It is considered semi-guided. So my assumption here is, is that they're probably gonna point out some areas 
where you probably should Mm -hmm. look for and then they're going to set you loose to some capacity right the ticket to do this is ninety dollars one hundred percent worth it ninety dollars for six hours is this overnight does it say what hours you're you're doing this yes it's at night yep so i mean six hours is a long time to investigate a location and i appreciate especially if you're a newer investigator this would be probably a good one because you're going to have a guide there with you to help you out a little bit the other option is what is called a private investigation and this is eight hours long now we're getting into some higher dollar stuff but keep in mind this is private i believe you're allowed to have about a max of 10 and if you want more than 10 they say on the website call us we'll work with you so if you have you know 11 or 20 um, i'm sure they're just gonna up that rate for you a little bit more now this is not guided at all this is really just recommended for experienced investigators so you probably need to be bringing your own equipment that kind of stuff Um, there is no alcohol allowed there Lindsay so it's not like you can bring a box of wine (laughs) and hang out and ghost hunt you gotta really (laughs) commit yourself to ghost hunting for this eight hours now the price for this does seem on the website to vary a little bit just kind of depending on um, the time of year but overall I would say the most common price that I saw on there was about eleven hundred dollars keeping in mind you're splitting this amongst potentially 10 people it's a little over a hundred dollars a person yeah i mean if you can get the group of 10 that would be worth it that is pretty pricey uh you know if you were just doing it and paying for it yourself but wow i mean to be able to go and have free reign to ghost hunt this place for eight hours how amazing would that be i mean we need to go do this lisa we need to We need to go meet up with Jerry and Tracy over at Hillbilly Horror Stories and go do this. I think they do some nights where I think you can pay to go ghost hunt this with them. I I know they've done it in the past. I don't know if they have any future plans for it, but we next time I think I'm gonna have to sign up and drive up there. I'm not not that far away. I mean, I'm definitely a day's drive, but it could be a bachelorette party idea for our future. (laughs) You know what? I was just thinking the same thing. Lisa is getting married and we need a bachelorette party. I'm, I'm, I think I could be the planner if you'll agree to it. If anybody, if anybody has any ideas for haunted bachelorette parties, send them Lindsay's way. (laughs) The (laughs) only thing is my fiance's sisters are coming along and they are terrified. So it can't be a place too scary. Like this might be a place that they opt out of. (laughs) No, they need to come. This would be so funny yourhauntedholiday at gmail.com. Send me your thoughts if you guys have ideas for a haunted bachelorette party. All right, the last thing I'm gonna cover, because of course it's Halloween, this is Waverly Hills. They have a haunted house in the first floor of the building. So if, I mean, I would think this would be quite scary. I actually prefer to go to real haunted houses that like a ghost might scare me than a place where like somebody with a chainsaw is going to be chasing me around the place like I actually find that a little scarier but they have haunted houses it's every Friday and Saturday going from September 29th this year all the way until October 28th those tickets for the standard ticket is $25 they also have something called the rip 
VIP. It includes a mini tour of the upper levels. So you might actually be able to experience a ghost somewhere up there. And that one I believe is about $65. Keeping in mind, of course, we are in 2023. If you're listening to this in a future year, that price is probably going to be different. Those dates are going to be different. So important to keep in mind. That sounds like a total blast. I am really wanting to go there now more than I was previously. We need to go to Waverly Hills. Agreed. All right. Well, Lisa and I are now back doing these episodes. I will say we're going to change it up just a little bit. We're going to start making these every other week. We were doing them every Sunday. We got really busy in life. Weren't able to continue putting out episodes. So we we can now come back, but we're going to do every other Sunday. We're going to have a new episode for you just to give us a little more time. Maybe we'll change that in the future back to every week. But right now it's every other Sunday. And I'm going to be hosting basically every other episode. So instead of our typical mixed up versions where I host very few of them, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing about half of them moving forward. So next, next episode is going to be by me, Lindsay. If you are not following us, make sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Follow us. Leave us five stars. It's important. It helps us get more listeners if you're listening to us on a platform that has ratings. And we really appreciate you listening. We're excited to be back. Yes, we are so excited to be back. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm.